You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. Just to protect your heart, protect your relationship, because whether you get married at the end of a relationship or not, it would be great if you left knowing mm. that you honored God the whole way through. That would be beautiful. My name is Misha Watson, and you're listening to My Single Story. We explore the blessings, the hardships, and the cringeworthy moments of Christian singleness. I call this story the author of love. I have heard so many beautiful love stories at weddings and serendipitous meet-cutes at the church auditorium. Moments in romantic movies that warm my heart add up and add up and add up. They say, he was waiting right in front of me the whole time. We fell in love over a midnight conversation. I surrendered today and I met him tomorrow. These stories are so special and aspirational. And it's for that reason that I find myself trying to manipulate my life in a way that will lead me on a path to an identical blessing. If I do what they did, can I get what they have? How often do we try to manipulate God into blessing us in the exact way that we've seen him bless others? We think we can pray a certain prayer, recite a certain verse, or fast a certain thing and calculate our way into our desired blessings. The thing is, if God granted us things on our own schedule, in our own way, every time, we would miss out on the miraculous blessings that only God can design. I want God's dreams for me much more than I want my dreams for myself. And it requires courage to hand over my dreams to God. So today, I will surrender my story to God. He is the greatest storyteller and he is the author of love. Welcome back to My Single Story with your girl, Misha Watson. Now today is also special. Every episode is special. I think I start every episode saying this is going to be really good. And it is. Why? Because I get to invite my associate producer to be in front of the microphone, not behind the microphone. So ladies and ladies, please welcome Stephanie Williams. Hello, single women of God. <laughs> I love that. She did a little like, ah, here we are. Here's go. Um, today, I wanted to talk about what we've learned so far. I mean, starting this podcast has been such a blessing because single women have been sending me encouragement. Mm -hmm. Married women have been sending me encouragement, but also reminders of things that they're learning throughout the time. We record a podcast and then it like, kind of like in one ear and out the other. And I want to take some time today to really kind of settle on the things that we're learning in this time, what God is showing us in this time. And, uh, and see how it's going. So should we get started? Absolutely, we should. I've been really enjoying this podcast. There's been so many different kinds of people on here, from mm -hmm. different journeys, different ages. So I'm ready to just dig in. Let's do it. Okay, so I guess first and foremost, like I told you we were doing this, but I kind of let you kind of like have free reign mm. to ask me whatever you want. Right. And so I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Oh, okay, Yeah, cool. go for it. Ask me whatever. All right. So first things first. We just, I, I want to understand why did you decide to do the My Single Story podcast and what made you leap into actually putting um, your foot on the gas and saying, I'm doing this without Ooh. even just it being an idea, but you're making this truly happen, involving wow. people. Mm, yeah. Involving you. Involving me. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah, no, um, so that's a great question. So basically a year ago, so right now it's 2023, but a year ago, um, I was just coming out of pandemic where I was going through a lot of loneliness, a lot of sadness, a lot of confusion, a mm -hmm. lot of lamenting um, in my life about marriage, wanting to be married and desiring that so much. And it has been years since I'd been in this and a relationship still continues to be here, still single. Um, but I was having such a hard time with it, but I felt God's closeness. Right. So I was like, well, I know I'm not the only one. So even if I'm single, I don't want to be single alone. And I feel blessed to have a lot of single girlfriends in my life, but I think 
I might be one of few. A lot of people when they're in churches will tell me like, you know, there might be like eight single girls in their church and two single guys and they're their brothers. Do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like, so they're yeah. just kind of like, Ratio's oh. a little off. yeah. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So something needs to happen here. And I remember just praying about it and God made it really clear that it wasn't going to be what I was used to. Obviously I'm a television producer. So I was making a television show. Mm-hmm. It was going to be something new for me. Right. And at Crossroads here, we have this podcast studio. And so I prayed, I was like, I walked into this room a bunch of times and I was like, this room is so cool. Like it's got this open air kind of like feel to it and beautiful, you know, sunlight. And I was like, this has got to be the moment. And I knew that I wanted to create something where we could make it kind of cool, like add disco balls like we did, which is literally oh, yeah. right behind your head. Life to it. <laughs> and all these kind of things and make it very much a space where it was comfortable so that we could just talk about what we're going through so we could each learn about our singleness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say too, that in order to explain to people why it was so important for us to do this podcast, I had to do my research because as single women, we know you go into a church and you're like, there's so many single people yes. at all different walks of life, yes. but specifically millennials and Gen Z. I was like, there's got to be some statistics that support the fact that there's a lot of us who are single. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to nerd out for a second. Go for it. Did my research. I went to Barna.com, the Barna group, and a lot of uh, churches use this, um, this place for statistics because not only is it like church statistics, but it's just people. They use the census. They use government um, data to make it. And so the most important statistic that I've used to kind of like solidify and qualify what we're doing, even though we don't need to qualify it because God has a calling, you just do what God is asking you to do. But it was this. So... Right now, millennials are ages 26 to 41, right? And that would be considered like the working community. So that's like people who are starting, not necessarily starting in their career, Mm -hmm. but um, they're in the middle of their career. It's currently happening. And it's kind of like the middle of our lives in a sense. And in that age group, when traditionalists, so that's older than baby boomers, when they were that age group, they were 55% married. So more than half of them were married at that age group. Which some people say like, oh, in that age group, I thought it would have been 99%. But the actual statistic says that it's 55%. Then after that, the baby boomers, when they were in that same age category, they were 65% married. What a jump. Such a jump. Wow. Right. And you're like, wow, amazing. More marriage. We love marriage in church. It's very important. Blah, 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 blah. Then... Gen X's, so just a bit older than us, so just like 43 and mm. like up, uh, 62%. So just like a 3% drop. Yeah. No big deal. Nothing to snuff at. You'd but think. But then, but then, <laughs> millennials, 27% married. That, that is, is huge. That's such a drop. And it's like, okay, first of all, why do you think there was that such a drop between the Gen X's and millennials. Why would you even consider? Why would it be a huge drop? I think where millennials just started having the hard conversations that the previous generation wasn't having. Mm. And they wanted to have a change. And that change, let me tell you, it happened rapidly. But I think there's also um, not consequences, but effects that come with that. Okay. Um, I think, you know, finances could be one. I think it could be commitment. I think it could be the fact that historically we never really had Dating wasn't necessarily something that was um, that, that, that would, took place a lot. It was mostly, you know, families would come together and you'd figure out who would be like the best suitor or you knew a friend for a long time and naturally went into oh, that's that place. Interesting. But now we're in this like gray zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think oh, we're in wow. that. I think millennials were in that gray zone. They're trying to make a change. Yeah. So they're in that little bit of a struggle. And then the generation that comes after that is now taking what millennials have left behind <laughs> and they're working with what they've given them. That is so good stuff. Cause I feel like that is kind of it. Like where, you know, boomers and Gen X's, it was more community based. So like you yes. knew, you, you knew your neighbors, yes. you, you went to church. Most people, yes. you know, we were still in kind of a Christendom kind mm-hmm. of space where like mm-hmm. everyone went to church on Sunday, everyone went to Bible study or whatever. Yeah. And in the millennial generation, it's not like that. It's literally like you have to figure out who you're going to marry based on like happenstance and like serendipity. You know, you go to a coffee shop. Oh, he's Mm -hmm. cute. And maybe it happens. Finding uh, dates on dating apps. But before it was so community, that's a really interesting point. It's really community based. Yeah. Um, One thing that I was even thinking was about, so I did a bit more research in regards to like 
um, the divorce rates. Mm. So divorce yeah. was made legal like t- decades and decades ago. I think it was in the 60s in Canada. Right. But it wasn't made like acceptable until the 80s and 90s. So it would be considered kind of like path or um, like, you know, uh, what's the word? Like um, breaking the rules of society or social cons- construct. There was a lot of shame if a you got a divorce. And so there was that. And then so when we were like just about to head into well, you actually, you're actually, you actually are Gen Z, but like heading into yeah. like marriage time, yeah. uh, marriage age, there was that space of like, oh, like, um, wait, divorce is real. Divorce is something that they may be yes. even dealing with. They're yes. now children of divorce yes. in that age group. And it's like, you know, you, you meet other kids who are the same, like, oh yeah, yeah. my parents are divorced and it yeah. became such a normal thing. Yeah. So I feel like for us millennials, there was that question of like, look, I either see marriage as this beautifully created thing by God that has a covenant and a promise, mm-hmm. or I see it as a commitment that mm-hmm. has a lot of mm-hmm. negative connotation if it fails. Right. So like that two sides. So both, I believe, both sides of our generation saw it as important. Yeah. But for different reasons. Yeah. And I think that's partly why the marriage rate is low. And I think that's partly why the marriage rate probably continues to be low. I'm not yeah. sure what the rate is at this very moment, but I can only imagine that like it's not way back up at 65 percent i think it'll we'll need some time before yeah, we get there yeah <laughs> absolutely um but yeah that's part of the reason why i wanted to start this was because like the statistics support it but yeah. also because i was like look i want to learn too about singleness but i also want to learn about how to do it how to do it in a way that honors yeah. god like everything yeah. so that was a long-winded answer i know but it's because i had to think about it it was a good yeah. year before well, we you're actually not the got only in front one of the thinking mic. about it there's so many people wondering what's happening yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So good, such a good question. Yeah. Now I've got a question for you Oh. because, well, we're here and I feel like I never get the opportunity to kind of ask you these questions. Um, on me. Okay. So I actually, <laughs> this is so weird. I've been on a date in a really long time, like okay. a real long time. Mm. And so I <laughs> was like, okay, what if I go on a date and I don't really know what to do or like, you know, that sort of thing. And so I would like think about questions <laughs> I think about questions that I would ask on a date yeah, just to kind of get to know the guy and not even necessarily the answers to the questions, just how he would answer the questions. Mm. If you thought I was a weirdo for even having pre-prepared questions, all that kind of stuff. And so I bought this game um, online and it has a bunch of date questions. And I chose a couple that I can ask you okay. to get to know you and just heads up for those who are listening. First of all, thanks for tuning in. But also she has no idea what these questions are. You ready? I'm holding on to my boots and my pearls. <laughs> clutch the pearls, clutch the pearls. Okay, ready? I love a good game. Here we go. Um, oh, oh, wait, actually. Yeah, okay, sure. What would have to happen for you to know that you were in a loving relationship? Oh, Ooh. I think I'd have to see how well he loves himself. Okay. Um, I'd also have to see how well... Um, this guy would love others that are around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, he, you know, and you'd know that by the track record. Yeah, that's fair. Time can tell if you, if someone is loving, if they're caring, um, you could tell by their fruits. You could tell by what people say about them. Yeah. Um, but I, I think love can only be told or shared through fruits, examples, uh, interactions. Like as in, now let me do, dig a little deeper. Yeah, okay. Is that a fruit based on, I mean, we know love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, but mm-hmm. I mean like, you know, is it fruit in your relationship? Like I'm asking, how do you know if you are in a loving relationship? So mm-hmm. in the relationship, yeah. what do you or identify as that you're looking for to know, okay, this is a loving relationship. This is a healthy yeah. relationship. Yeah. What are some like practical things that you, you would be looking for? Mm. I'm actually going to have to pull from one of my friendships actually. Okay. Because th- this particular friendship um, I've held on to this uh, person for about, I think, nine years. Mm. And it's the commitment that they have to me. Um, it's how gentle they are, how forgiving they are. Um, it's the help that I need when no one else is around, that they'll come through no matter what the circumstances are. And they're always in my court. They're always on my side. They're always speaking life. Mm. Um, and I think that's a loving person who... Um, can care for themselves and others and you as well. Yeah. Uh, they prioritize you. That's so good. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah. It's, that's <laughs> what it is, isn't it? It's like, am I being prioritized here? 
But also for me, um, as someone who's so front facing, like mm. hosting stuff, acting and stuff, emceeing stuff. Yes. Um, I can be the zero percent version of myself yeah. and still feel like it's a safe space. Yeah. And by a safe space, I mean a place where they're speaking life. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not allowing me to stay in the dark spots. Yes. And as, a, as again, as a single person, I have not really had that many long term relationships, but I have had a lot of long friendships. Mm-hmm. And those friendships are the ones where my friends will let me br- be a brat for a moment. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, not allow me to stay there. Oh, I, ca- I can't even... I look back on some of the conversations I had with that friend yeah. and I'm like, how are we still, <laughs> how are we still in communication? Yeah. But it's because it's a safe space yeah, and I can lay it all down there and know that they're not going to run away. Right. That's so Love good. Love doesn't run away from you. No, it doesn't. It shouldn't. And Mm-mm. I think even like, we're talking about Christian, uh, like a loving relationship, but like mm-hmm. not all the loving relationships you're in will, will end in marriage. Mm-mm. And so for me, it's really important that I'm being cherished in the relationship that I so that and and I'm cherishing him I can see that I'm cherishing him because that way when if the relationship is to end um we both leave better off yeah we've learned new things about ourselves new things we want in a marriage Mm -hmm. um in a relationship as well but we're just now in a better place to like care for people point blank period like I don't even need to be in a relationship where it's like oh this is 100% gonna end in marriage and so therefore Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I just needed to be in a relationship where I know I'm honoring God. I'm doing what God is asking me to do. I'm learning what God is asking me to do. Um, learn. But at the same time, I'm being cherished in that space as well. And I don't yes. think that's a hard to look for. No, I don't think so. It shouldn't be. No, absolutely not. Okay, your turn. Okay. Ask me a question. Um, okay, so <laughs> in episode four, Joanna LaFleur talked about having a personal board of directors. Oh, so she did. Start thinking about who's you know, on your board. Mm. Um, when did you maybe first recruit your first personal board of director? Or you can answer, um, who is your director for dating and singleness? Who do you run to when you need a little bit of help or you need someone to juggle some of your thoughts because it's just overwhelming? Whoa. Okay. That's such a good question. I didn't even think about it. After she said it, I was like, amazing. Give it to the single women. Didn't think of taking it in for myself. <laughs> but I think it's interesting. I have a couple people in mind and I'm going to say their names because I think they are, they have more than enough capacity to be the board of directors for other people too. Yeah. Um, I would say, so on my board, there is one of my best friends who is, her name is Ingrid. And she's most important for me in my singleness when I'm feeling really like listless. So like my life, it doesn't have much vibrancy Mm. or passion. Mm. When I spend time with her, we are like unapologetically joyful. So even in times when I'm like, Father God, when will I get that to that next step in life where I get to like fall in love, get married, have kids, be a family person? Like when I, when will I get to that space? Yes. When I spend time with her, I'm talking 20 minutes on the phone. Mm -hmm. The joy of the Lord is so evident in our conversations. So for me, we, that, that she's on my board, 100%. She will always be on my board because you need that. You know, there's difficulty, especially when I was living in downtown Toronto, there were just not that many married people around or in my life. And so it, but I looked at it as more of like, um, I saw a lot of single women kind of, not enjoying their singleness. Right. Whereas I'm up here and I'm like, all these married people are just really rooting for me in my singleness. Like, I can't wait for you to get married and talking about my wedding. I had a friend pray for my wedding the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, like you need friends like that. Those are the little moments that really encourage you though. Yeah. We need that. I had a small conversation with um, a woman at my church um, and all she did was tell me the story about how she got married. Yeah. And I could pull from it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Holy Spirit, I can hear you speaking to me about mm. my person or I can hear you speaking about someone in my past where I did not listen to you or or, or I thought I heard you. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. Yeah. They're speaking through speaking. God is speaking through them to you. Yes. And all they're doing is sharing their happiness in their marriage and yeah. how excited they are for you. Yeah. And I think for me, that's most helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's great when a married person says to me, um, you know, oh, I'm, I feel so bad for you sure I mean I much prefer not to hear that yeah. much prefer just to hear how your marriage is going and like how you're doing and what you're learning from each other and yeah. you've married seven years what are you learning now you know what I mean like uh, what are you excited for what are you looking forward to because all that stuff gives me hope mm-hmm. and so with that said another woman on my uh my board of directors is Lichia 
Uh, she's a speaker. She runs a women's ministry called A New Ministries. And she is my Bible focused, Bible based, Bible foundation friend. You need a friend like oh, that. Oh my goodness. Like it's I'll say something and say something kind of like casual. Like, oh, you know when it says, um, what's that story again? She's got it. Oh, she's girl, got the verse. She's got it. And mm. she's got a word for me. Wow. And I mean, so having her in my life has been such a blessing because she's been in my life for about four years. Okay. Um, but she's in that space. And I should probably remind her of like how important her being that way and being so yeah. Bible centric yeah. has influenced my life. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd say and my, my parents, my parents are on the board because their marriage influences so much about how I see love, how I see kindness, how I see. Um, not ch being cherished. What is it? Yes, being cherished, but also, um, okay, let's just talk about submission for a second. Mm. Submission. Doo, doo, doo. Uh, I'm not going to be able to recite the Bible verse straight because I'm just bad for that. But the Bible talks about women submitting to their husbands, not women, sorry. Wives submit to your husbands, right? Very big difference, guys. And it also says husbands submit to God in the way that he loves us that's so important is that how it says know. it like yeah yeah like it's like this wives there, submit like this. to your husbands and husbands submit to your wives yes yeah no husbands submit to to your to jesus to it's, god it's to both and to yes. god yes yes, yes. Yeah. thank you mm -hmm. i'm like let me get there i should just read the bible from okay. i should have got we it ready <laughs> but yeah, we need Leah. <laughs> we need you um but yeah and and and, and i'd never seen that playing out before until i got to adulthood and i could look at my parents and go oh the reason my mom who's just like me you know, strong, independent, educated, career driven, let's go, has no problem speaking my mind. Mm -hmm. The reason I can see her submitting to her husband is because my, my, my dad is submitted to Jesus, Absolutely. but he's submitting to Jesus in a way like I had, I've, it's so, it's so calm. It's so, it's, it's quiet, but it's so um, constant. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful the way I see that happen. And in my household, I mean, I'm sure they fought, you know, in, you know, bedrooms and that sort of thing, but we never really saw it growing up because yeah. when they disagreed, um, it was done in a way that was so respectful Yes, that it never felt like my mom was giving up her identity to be able to be with my dad. It felt like right. my dad was lifting her up right. and my mom was lifting up my dad. Right. And I never heard them say a bad thing about each other. Yeah. The only time I saw my parents fight is when they're in the car. <laughs> like, why didn't it's you make that car, left though. turn? Why didn't you like go? Like, that's the, and literally to this day, something I about laugh a moving about vehicle. it because it's something about a car. Something about a moving vehicle. I don't know what it is. Oh my goodness. How about you? Do you have, um, who do you have on your board of directors oh i have uh one of my best friends tracy she actually mm. used to be my mentor um and she was actually uh the first person to help me see that i needed to be by myself for a long time just walk in singleness truly with just god um and then i also have my two best friends jl sarah and uh, chloe uh, those two I met while I was in university and they taught me about sisterhood first. Ooh. And that was so important. And they're the ones who are voice of reason and voice of truth. When the world in my head is going crazy or I can't think or see straight or if I've got the love glasses on, anything like that. Um, they're the ones that will step in and remind me of what is true about me and what is true about my future and what is true about God. Ooh. Yeah, that's good. You need that. Yes. Like a foundation surrounding you. Like, I think it's important to have people in your life that you're pouring into. But what a blessing it is when you can look around and be like, whoa, I'm being poured into so significantly. Yes. Actually, I have one more person I want to add to because um, this is quite rare. Mm -hmm. My boss. Oh, yes. <laughs> 100% she's on my board of directors because when I started working in ministry, I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm Christian and I love God and I, and I have figured out in a sense how to do like Christianity, I guess. But working in ministry is a whole new ballgame because yeah. your faith is on display in a new way. And so she has been so helpful. Her name is Melissa. Um, and the reason I put her on my board of directors is because um, I've, tried and t I've tried and tested our relationship in so many different uh, places throughout the last four years I've worked here. And she's just been so gracious and thoughtful mm. with her words and the mm. way that she guides me and mentors me. Mm. Um, but also um, when we have our, our conversations, uh, our meetings and things like that, I can talk to her real about my life as well. I usually have quite a strong barrier around what's going on in my life yes. with my boss. Yeah. But because everything I do is so connected to me and my right. life, 
it's actually been a safe space to communicate with her. And she's developed such a sense of trust. I feel yes. like when I'm telling her something, there's like a cone of silence. Yeah. You know, I'm not telling her something and knowing she's going to go and tell someone like she's just protected our conversation so much that um, I'm just really honored to have that relationship with her. And you just rarely get a boss employee situation like that. So, yeah. I mean, I wish everyone could have what I have. It's, it's so wonderful. important because yeah. she's probably helping you stay grounded as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's important, too, is that like, you know, people come up to me and say, oh, I love your show or whatever. I could be like, I know. Right. I'm fabulous. Yeah. But um, she, she's not about like humbling me necessarily, but she's about reminding me of the purpose of it. Mm. What is God saying to you about this? What have you been praying about? Prayerfully consider yeah. this. And so it's been very helpful in my humble journey. Uh, so far. I love that for you. God's been really preparing you for this very podcast. Yeah. Quite Why am I always doing that? Yeah. I can't even sing, but oh, here we are. Some people, um, you know? my, my, I'm going to go next. Uh, sure. Okay. Oh, this is good. Okay. So how would your best friends warn your next boyfriend? Warn my next boyfriend? Yeah. I say warn, but like what advice would your best friends give to your next boyfriend about you? Oh, hmm. They would probably say, don't crush her spirit. Oh, <laughs> dig a little deeper. Tell me more. Of course. Um, I think they would say that Steph is built in such a way where she loves to encourage people. My whole mission for my whole life is to encourage people that, that like going past uh, career and extracurriculars or whatever else I'm doing. God created me so I could encourage others. And so I need to be encouraged first. And so if my spirit is crushed by those around me and especially the ones who are close to me, oh, I, I don't know, you know, like the ones who are close to you are going to feed you mm -hmm. and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And mm. so when I encourage, um, it's coming out of whatever I'm dealing with on the inside. Yeah. So they would definitely say, don't crush her spirit because we need to protect that so that she too can encourage others. As I well. agree. Come on. Wow. I was going to say something way less um, beautiful. Um, my friends have probably worn uh, my next love. Hopefully it's the last one um, that I am vehemently independent. Mm. And so it's going to be a road. It's going to be a bumpy road to get to a place of being able to lean on someone um, because I feel like I've just gotten to a place where I can lean on my friends. Okay. And I've had a friend for 17 years. Wow. You know, my best friend, Makita, I've known her for 17 years. And, you know, you I feel like for that. I know. Right. <laughs> what? Um, and leaning on her in times has been so special to me. But mm. it took a minute to get there. I think that I moved out when I was 17 years old. That's young. Yeah. From a loving house. It wasn't like I was running away. I was like, no, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> and my dad tells a story all the time of when he took me to school for the very first time in London, England, right there in Tottenham, East London. And I looked at the playground, looked back at my dad, dad and said, I can go now or you can go now. Oh, and I just let go of his hand. And I ran away. And my dad looked just kind of like, wait, what? Oh. My little girl. Wow. And me and my dad are so close. So I know that probably broke his heart that yeah. I just ran so quickly. You were built that way. But I was built very independently. Mm. And so I think that's going to be a beautiful journey yeah. with the guy that I marry. And so I know they would warn, warn him of that. Yeah. Like I tell my friends all the time, I'm not the one who sit on the phone talking for hours. Like yeah. I have much more stuff. I've got things to do. to do. I'm like, I just don't want to do that. I just, yeah. And all the, all, often when I'm on the phone, I'm also doing eight different things. Yeah. Not because I feel like I need to be busy, mm -hmm. but just because I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy I enjoy chilling too, but I just yeah. enjoy doing and yeah. being active. And I'm not talking about the gym because, hey, no, it ain't for me. <laughs> but, you know, I love to do. And so I think that's going to be an exciting journey. And I pray about it right now. Yeah. God, like, give me the tools right now to be able to depend on someone in the future. Yeah. Because I have no problem when he needs help. Yeah. Or when he, you know, I'm so excited to be able to do that. Yeah. But, ooh, humbling myself and saying, hey, I don't have it all figured out. Like, yeah you know, in how to do long-term relationships, like help me learn how to depend on you. Like my friends are gonna be like, you're gonna need to help her do that. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like you need a strong man. That's it. Who's strong mentally mm. and strong for you as well. Yeah. You'll know what to say, when to say it and how to say it. I mean, that's good. And even if he doesn't, mm. that's okay too. Yeah. Um, but I think that like there's, and there's a lot of grace in that. And I think 
yeah, that's probably would be my biggest, if I was going to, actually, that's a good question. What would be my biggest insecurity about um, long-term relationships, like the upcoming long-term relationship is um, depending on another person. Mm -hmm. That's probably the biggest thing is like actually surrendering in a sense, a lot of, a bit of your independence, just a bit. Yeah. I'm even saying a bit, I really don't know how much it's going to require to be in a healthy relationship, but even surrendering a little bit of my independence, woo, yeah. like after church, I do this. Mm -hmm. This is where I get my groceries. Yeah. This is how I sit on a couch. This is how I, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, all that has been probably my, is probably my biggest insecurity yeah. moving forward. My, do you have any? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just reminded of a story that my best friend told me, Tracy, she's married to her husband, husband, Al. Um, and uh, she got married in her late thirties. And one of the things she had to get used to was him pushing the cart at the grocery store. <laughs> she would fight him wow. so hard on this. And she could not understand until one day um, she said to Holy Spirit, I can't, I can't allow myself to let him help me because I remember what it was like to be single and doing this on my own. And what if I have to go back to that place one day? Wow. And she was so afraid of being dependent on someone and going back, having to be strong all over again. But the Holy Spirit helped her through all of that. And now, you know, he pushes the cart. <laughs> <laughs> that was a word for me, I think. Because I think about that often. Like I've learned so much in my singleness and I've loved my singleness. It's been hard for sure, but I love my life. I love my life. I'm so yeah. blessed to live the life that I do. Um, and sometimes I worry that like, I'm going to lose some of that in relationships. So it's like yeah. having this strong desire for marriage, but at the same yeah. time being like, wait, like, so I'm going to have to depend on someone else to like even money. Yeah. Like most people I know who have a healthy relationship share their money, like 50, 50, like they don't yeah. even look at it. It's like mm -hmm. both, you know, paychecks go into the same account <clears throat> and then they operate that way. And I'm thinking my entire life, I have decided Every dollar spent, mm -hmm. whether I wanted to spend it or not, I had to spend it and I made it my, even how I do my taxes, how I do uh, my groceries, how I save money, how I go on a trip, like everything has been up to me, but soon it'll be a 50, 50 decision. Right. And I think praying about it now and praying in faith for my marriage and saying, God develop in me today what mm -hmm. I will need to surrender in those times, to learn in those times, how I'm going to be a healthy partner in a relationship that is willing to surrender some of the independence. Ooh. You're not the only one, though. Think about the, the analytics you were just reading about marriage. Mm. How many of these millennials chose not to get married because it's the commitment of the other person that they're worried about and not about themselves? Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. And the idea that like your, your Tracy was talking about how, what if I, this doesn't last mm -hmm. and I have to be single again, mm -hmm. but you said that I have to be strong again. Yeah. Cause it's like this strength that you develop as a single woman, um, to protect yourself, to guard your heart. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into your relationship, it's great in the beginning. And yeah. then you're like, wait, yeah. all the strength I've figured out all of the kind of loophole on loopholes, but like, um, or guardrails uh, guard or things mm -hmm. you've had to overcome yeah. in your life to get to a place of contentment in your singleness. And then some guy, some guy who's cute and tall and loves the Lord <laughs> is all, hey, can I help you with that? And you're like, wait, why are you really here? Yeah. Are and how long are you going to be around? Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like that is definitely going to be a thing. But I think um, what I know for sure in that is mm -hmm. it's all about seeking God. And yes. that sounds so simple, but it is. Yes. God, I'm seeking you in this space, yes. but probably also calling out what's happening. So yes. I know I'm not perfect and I know that I'll never be perfect, but I strive to be more like Jesus. So I know that I have things to work on. Mm -hmm. So when those things start to pop up in relationship, I got to seek God and say, yeah. okay, come into this space, God, come into this space. Yeah. And because right now I'm anticipating you know, a bit of a struggle with the dependency thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to pray for that now. Yeah. I really want to address something because I'm sure that there are single women on here thinking this sounds very Christianese or this mm. is, of course, you're leading me to God. Well, I think this is such a good conversation because we need to acknowledge the fact that um, hope is something that you continually need 
to refill. Our hope tank Mm -hmm. is going to run dry. The enemy knows that you are meant for something great because God gave you a plan and a purpose. And so the enemy is going to try and sniff out that hope. And the reason for this podcast is so we can have these discussions and to make sure that um, we're seeking his face. We're making sure that we're getting that strength from him so that when Mr. Wright or that person who does come along, we're not going to shoo him away. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted to address that because when we were coming up with um, the mission for the podcast, yeah. we were really trying to figure out the answer for what what are we directing the, these single women of God to? W- yeah. What are we trying to say? Because we, we didn't have the answers. <laughs> I'm so happy I'm on this podcast yeah. because I need it. That's why I even joined it. I need it for myself. Yeah. I need hope. I need to know what living hope looks like. That's so good. Yeah. It's living hope. It's where do we find our living hope? I love that. And we do not have all the answers because one thing is true for sure about singleness and marriage and every single stage of life. It's not the same. And even if your story looks the same, it's not the same as anyone else's because God made us unique on purpose. So good. Amen. One another question. Sure. Or do you want to go? No, you can go. go All right, sweet, sweet, sweet. These are like fun. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, I had a really good one. Uh, okay, here it is. If there was a film about this period in your life, which actor would play you and why? Ooh. Ooh. Which actor would play me? And also, I have another question. Okay, let's go with that one. What would be the title of it if you had a film about your life right now? Oh, you know what? I actually found a song just last night. Oh. Um, when we were, uh, when I was preparing for this podcast and it's called When Love Comes. Oh. And the lyrics kind of go like this. Um, from when time began, he was with us. Angels sent from above, bringing good news to fill our hearts. We all know he was manger born, a lowly man. We all know when we look up to the stars, that's when love comes. Um, and wow. I, I think it would be called when love comes, um, because I'm currently in a season where I'm just falling in love with my first love, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Girl, what a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> falling in love with my first love, Jesus. I love that. So it's a romance, but slash, cause it's like love. No, yeah. it's not a romance. Wait, it's a drama. I definitely have to be drama because I really like telenovelas. Oh, I love telenovelas. Love. I grew up on Bollywood too. So oh, yeah. it has to be dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dramatic. <laughs> so it's a dramatic movie. Love that. Mine is 100% romance because that's literally all I watch on TV. Yeah. Um, anything to do with uh, reality show stuff. So I feel like if I were to have a TV show right now about my life, it would definitely be a reality show. It would be uh, about finding love. Mm. It would be... Um, but it would be real. Like I, my issue with reality TV so often, even though I absolutely love it and I watch everything. The only thing I don't watch is housewives, but I watch everything. Um, is cause there's sometimes the actual true opportunity to meet someone and fall in love. And other times it's more of the true opportunity to make some drama happen for television. Yeah. So that's why I pick my favorite shows based on like, is it actually possible for it to happen? Like, and I'm going to go in, we're going to talk about it because why not? Love is blind. Okay, now here's the thing. I'm not talking about like actually having a show where I get to fall in love with someone based on no looks or whatever, because I think that I want to marry someone who I'm attracted to 100 percent. That's fair. Um, But at the same time, I love the idea that it's based on the conversation side of it and um, talking. Right now, my life is so consumed by conversations. Mm -hmm. I obviously as having one right now, but also just talking to people about what's happening in their lives right now. I got to meet this wonderful family on the bus today. They just got here from Ukraine and we were talking about their lives and what's happening as they're in Canada. And the, the son is learning so much English. He's only eight years old. And I'm thinking like conversations are happening and I'm falling in love with moments all the time. Yeah. My moment on the bus this morning was a lovely moment, a love filled moment. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when I got to go speed dating a couple months ago, you know, it was lovely conversations where I was meeting people. There were no prospects for like me to date necessarily, but it was a wonderful moment because I got to say, okay, God, like show me where the love is at today. Yeah. Show me where the love is in this room. Yeah. And I met some amazing women, some amazing guys. Um, and that's what I am looking for right now. That's what's happening right now. I, mm-hmm. I trust God that I will find my actual love, like my guy, my husband, 
sooner rather than later would be nice. That would be nice, yeah. yeah. But also, you know, God is the author of time. So do what you got to do. Um, <laughs> but I will say that uh, right now it feels like conversations that are full of love and mm. um, moments that are full of love are happening so much in my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So that would be mine. It would be, it'd be a reality show. It would be called Love Talk. Oh, <gasps> you should write that down. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Love that. Okay. Mm. Now we're going to go a bit into a little bit of the dating thing. I wanted to ask questions. To, uh, and these are a bit more fun, maybe a bit more lighthearted. Okay. What are your top three pet peeves? Oh. I'm not sure why they're called pet peeves, <clears> but like <throat> just little things that annoy you. Right. About, I don't know, guys or like a guy you're dating or yeah. like, yeah. Oh, let's see. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Let me let me mm. um, think about this a little bit. Sure. No problem. Just three. OK. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well. It's interesting because now that I say the question, I'm thinking more about deal breakers, things that oh. I'm like, oh, this is this will not do. Yeah. And for me, the most important thing is a guy is like kind. Yeah. Um, so when I see a guy who's being unkind in any kind of way, even if it's like he's telling a joke and it kind of comes across like a bit mean, like mm -hmm. super sarcastic sometimes can be a bit mean. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Even if it's in jest, you know, with their family or it's with friends, like, yeah, it just kind of annoys me. It kind of is nagging on me a bit. And dating is to find out about a person's heart. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And find yeah. out who they are, and what they're looking for in life. So mm -hmm. if that's happening, I'm like, eh, next, yeah. you know, um, another, I guess, pet peeve. I don't really have any like, because I think I got a lot of annoying habits <laughs> that I couldn't care less about. Like, I'm like, look, this is me. Deal with it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. A lot of stuff like that where I'm like, ah, it's fine. Um, so maybe I'm a bit more, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I'm a bit more gracious with others who have pet peeves. But the only thing that would be like a hundred percent deal breaker that's technically just a pet peeve. Yeah. His bad hygiene. I'm mm. sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like that shouldn't even be on the list. You know what I'm trying to say? It's we shouldn't thing, be there. Ugh, it's upsetting. Yeah. It's like, oh, I went on a date. You know, I took a shower, got on my outfit, did yeah. my makeup, yeah. did my hair. I get there and I give him a hug and I'm like, oh, ooh, yeah, it's frowsy. Ooh. You know, I can't <laughs> have that. Maybe they can't smell themselves and they don't know that. Then you don't have friends who love you. And that's also <laughs> an issue. <laughs> we can help you get friends. We're just not going to do it in a date format. You know there what I'm saying? We're just, be, we're just friends now. We're just friends now. Oh, man. So that's just two. Okay, but, I, um, I did uh, come up with two important. myself. Go for it. So um, one of them is if he's not inclusive. What do you mean by that? Um, so for me, I'm always scoping the room, to see, the room to see who is not included in a conversation, who feels left out, who looks like they need a friend. Um, and there's something that in my heart, I'm always going to be looking for someone to see if they're thinking about uh, if, if they're just looking at their surroundings, if they're just really aware of someone who just needs love today. Um, and uh, I think it's important to include people um, in your friend groups and conversations um, at work, wherever you are. So if, yeah, if he's not inclusive and he's yeah. just making his group exclusive or conversations um, like at an arm's length with yeah. everyone else, I just can't do that because I'm always mindful of others that are around me and I just want them to feel loved. Oh, yeah. I love that. Thank you. That was a really good one. That was a really good one. Um, the second else? one is, is if he di dilutes me and who I am. Whoa. Okay. This is like a deal breaker. Yeah, so I would like say so. when you say dilutes you, like yeah. you're who you are. Yes, that's like, right. How would a man do that? Like, um, if I'm just being myself and my personality, if I'm a little too quiet or if I'm just really loud, cause I can be both mm -hmm. depending on the situation and where I am. Yeah. And if he shuts me down for it, um, I, I just, I can't because he's not allowing me to grow because I don't know who I'm going to be in five years. I know how God made me right now, but I also know that there's weight. There's so much potential in me and I don't know. And I need someone who's around me. That's going to help me get to that point. Wow. So if he's diluting who I am, um, I'm going to have to say, yeah, probably deal breaker or, um, just an issue. Like a full it's a bit, it's issue. A big issue. Yeah. Wow. You know what it was reminding me of when you said that was um, episode two with Camille. Yeah. And she was talking about sometimes she had a hard time hearing from the Holy Spirit or uh, knowing if she was hearing from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I actually think that like 
Um, I always tell my friends, I've told them this my whole life before I even came back to church and came back to Christ. I would always tell that my friends, um, if a man is making you feel like your self-confidence is in jeopardy, you Mm. need to run for the hills. Because a lot of times your self-confidence and believing what you believe is true or believing what you believe is real or valid um, is so important because when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you need to know that the Holy Spirit can speak to you, that God is actually communicating to you and feeling like, I mean, it's okay to feel unworthy because I mean, let's be real. Oh, so often we feel that way and God is there to remind us that he loves us and that we are of value. But I think that um, if you don't have the confidence to believe that God is who he says he is Mm -hmm. and he loves you the way he says he does, then you're not going to grow in your faith. Mm -mm. So for me, it's like if a guy was to diminish in any way or dilute in any way my self-confidence, that would affect the way I talk to God. Yeah. And we don't do that. No, that is a real pet peeve. That's an issue. That's that's. It's an issue. So it was like pet peeve, deal breaker, issue. Okay, issue. The Jamaican <laughs> came out of me just deep. now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you have a last one? Um. Oh, no. I, I think that's good for now. Yeah. Go for it. What's the next question you got for me, Gear? Uh, let's see here. Um. Oh, let's uh, help someone out on the podcast who's listening right now. Mm. Um. So if someone has stepped out of a date, the dating world for quite some time, maybe even years because they're going through a heartbreak or because God was like, I'm going to need you to sit back for just a little while. Let's work on a few things. If they wanted to get back into the dating world or they just wanted to begin to start, you know, scoping their options, what would you recommend for them getting their feet a little bit wet? Um, What does that look like? That's really good. That's really good because um, this one, I actually feel like I got some knowledge on. Okay. Like I've been through it for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm 32, for those of you who don't know. So I've been dating for years, years and years and years and years. And years. Uh, my first kind of boyfriend was like 16 years old. I'm like, Aww. you're my boyfriend, we're in love. Um, and so I've been dating a really long time. Mm. And throughout my life, God has told me like, you know, it's time to delete all the apps, focus on me um, for lots of times. And actually, I'm actually just coming off of a year of intentional no dating, wow. no apps, wow, just Jesus. And it was wonderful. Love that. For and you. what was grateful, what I learned in that time was that the times when I really wanted to go back on the app was when I was feeling so, like I, my hope was dwindling that I would ever get married. I'm like, wait, but I'm over 30, God. I can't be not dating. This mm-hmm. is madness. Like, what am I doing? I'm doing the opposite yeah. of what I should be doing. Yeah. But it was a reminder that a lot of times it looks the opposite of what the world is doing. Yeah. Most times it looks like the opposite of what the world is doing. Yeah. Um, but it was so special to just spend time with him. So coming out of that space, like first of all, my, my most important uh, lesson or uh, reminder or advice is to hold on to what you did learn in that time. So w- whatever it means, whether it's journaling, whether it's talking to people, whether it's starting a Bible study or a small group or something that's going to fortify the lessons you've learned yeah. in your heart so you don't forget it. And you can date from that place and not backslide. That's incredibly important. So before you even start dating, make sure you are holding on to the lessons you've already learned. Yeah. Next for me would be find your people. Yeah. Do not date unless you have people who are going to call you out. This is vital people. Don't date unless you got people to call you out because... When you date, you get those rose-colored glasses. Everything's mm-hmm. all cute. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, we kissed last night. I don't know. I did the accent, but um, and it's so exciting. And your friends don't want to call you out because you're so happy. Well, you need friends who are going to call you out and say, "Cool, what kind of boundaries do you have around to ensure that you're not having sex before marriage?" Because mm-hmm. it may seem to you real easy. I can just see the hearts popping. <laughs> literally, <laughs> sorry, but like literally that. Like you know, how many people are like, "Oh, I'll be fine." Yeah, and then you're just not right. And I think that having people in your life, no, sorry, I know that having people in your life who will be willing to call out the boundaries you have and say, maybe you need more, you know, or maybe it's not time yet, or maybe it's time for you to kind of go a couple steps back in your relationship to friendship, just so that you can protect what God is doing right now. What is God saying about your relationship right now? What is God saying about boundaries? Is he talking about the boundaries before you talk about the boundaries? Mm, I mean, talk about it. I kind of like that. I kind of like if he's like, hey. I know we like to chat on the phone, but like it would be cool if we stopped at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Because after 10 p.m. How practical is that? I'm getting And all, a lot of people don't know mm, that. I'm getting up mm, at, 10, at 10 o'clock. I'm like, hey, how are you? Oh, my gosh. You're, I love I love talking to you. Oh, my. After uh, 10 p.m. hits, something just changes mm-mm. in the atmosphere. You, it's you just, just got to get out of there. Not going to lie. It's true. But you yeah. get home at work at 6 o'clock and then yeah. you have dinner and then you start yeah. talking at yeah. 10 o'clock. Oh, 11 o'clock. 12. 
might as well set those boundaries. That's one for me. I mean, mm-hmm. it may be different for all of you guys because I go to bed so early anyway. So maybe 10 o'clock. Misha, the enemy loves to use tired people. Mm. Preach. Just that's all. I'm going to leave it right there. Say it again. Let it, Say it again. Enemy loves to use tired people. Yes. You're run down. You're not paying attention. Yeah. You're just trying to make it through the next few hours. Yeah. You're weak. You're weak. Be mindful of that. Yes. And set those boundaries. Yes. And so that's my other thing is so find your people, make sure you're fortifying things you've already learned. Um, but also, yeah, like make those boundaries that are things that you can actually hold to. Um, give yourself a bit more credit. You can make some boundaries and follow through on them. So make sure you it's do that. It's different for everyone too. It is that's different That's why you got to be prayerful about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I guess my final thing is in the actual dating part of it, like actually going for it, it's different for everyone. So give yourself some grace. Like if you can't do the online dating thing because meeting a total stranger on the, at a coffee shop is a, a little daunting for you, you know, ask friends to try and set you up. Um, you know, go for more friendship hangs with more of an intentional mind saying like, hey, I'll go out with a group of people and, you know, this guy kind of likes so maybe I'll sit next to him or maybe yeah. I'll tell one of my girlfriends so the rest of them aren't super obvious about the fact that you have a crush. But like, you know, go out with a couple of your girlfriends so you can actually like, you know, get to know him a bit and maybe that's you putting your foot in. Mm-hmm. But just stay prayerful the entire time. Yeah. Just be honest with God. Yeah. Don't make a prayer sound like a King James version. If mm. you don't pray in a King James way, just say, hey, God, um, you know that time when I told you I wanted to make sure I save sex till marriage? Well, right now that's a little bit hard, Lord. Help me through this. And that is a good enough prayer. In fact, that's a great prayer. Why? Because it's honest, it's true. Yeah. Um, and God knows your heart before you even pray it. So so go to him and be honest with it. And and that's what I would say. You know, as things continue to go on, I have advice about actual dating when you're in on the date and all that kind of stuff. And we can say that for other days. But as it's getting started, I would just say keep people in your heart, in your life who know God, love God, know his faithfulness. People are going to hold you accountable um, just to protect your heart, protect your relationship, because whether you get married at the end of a relationship or not, it would be great if you left knowing mm. that you honored God the whole way through. That would be beautiful. Yeah, that was so good. We talked about everything. Love is blind, dating, pet peeves, boundaries. All the important things. We did. It was so important because, I mean, we're talking about it in life. So we're talking about it on the podcast. But thank yes. you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful to have thank you. Thank you for having me, Misha. Stick around, guys, because when we get started on this podcast, I mean, we just go in. Absolutely. As we should. As we should. Stick around, friends. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to My Single Story. Follow us on Instagram at My Single Story Podcast. And check out our Facebook group to meet like-minded single women of God drawing nearer to him. See you next time. XOXO, Nisha. If you need prayer, call the Crossroads 24-7 prayer line. The prayer partners provide over 1,300 prayer interactions daily, and they are ready to receive your call. Dial 1-866-273-4444. They are waiting to hear from you.